Look for the lesson. That's where we'll find the blessing. Look for the lesson, and that's where you'll find the blessing. See, some of y'all don't went through something in your past, and you call it an L. Man, I done took an L. Yeah, you took an L. But do you, are, are you interpreting that L as a loss, or are you interpreting that L as a lesson? Your attitude determines your altitude. What attitude do I have? Am I looking at this from God's eyes, or am I looking from it from my little selfish, little small eyes? When something is going on in the world, how do I look at it? Do I look at it as, oh, the world is over with? Or do I look at it and say, what is, what's going on here? What is the purpose of this? Why was this permitted? Because, see, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan talked about with the will of God, when he will, when he wants to will a thing into existence, he considers the thoughts and plans of the enemy and uses their plan and uses their will to bring his will more into fruition. So he even considers their thoughts. He considers what they're going to do. So it may appear that they had, they, it appear they won here or they did something here, but that was all a part of the plan the whole time to bring about a greater good. So if we can expand our mindset and see the good out of things, the law of polarity, if we can look and see the good out of what's going on, now we can look at ourselves and say, oh, if we just do this right here, we can use this as our advantage. Look for the lesson. That's where we'll find the blessing. All right, peace family. It's your brother Ben X, and I am live with our brother Arif Muhammad, who's also on our executive council. And today we're going to be talking about some important issues. We're going to be talking about uh, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and the lies that uh, continue to go out about him. And we're going to be talking about our brother Nick Cannon. Uh, and what has been recently happening to him and with him in the media. But before we get started, we always know that they always want to say that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is an anti-Semite, and whenever they are bringing up their articles, they bring up the lies that he called Judaism a gutter religion, and he called them an anti, uh, uh, called them a termite, and all these different things. So what I want to show you all, not the same clip that I showed you all last week, with Brother Demetric. If you haven't seen part one and part two with Brother Demetric Muhammad on my YouTube and my podcast, please go check that out. The one that I showed y'all last week was a more recent uh, interview or message of the minister talking about not saying gutter religion. This one right here is older than that when he explains what he meant by gutter religion. And the problem that I have with them is for them to be so smart, um, why do they continue to bring this context out when the minister even decades ago already explained what he meant? So for those who have not seen it, I'm going to play this video first and I want y'all to check this out. <clears throat> few things I'm going to say to you. Just bear with me, okay? I said... They use the holy and righteous name of God and his prophets to shield a dirty religion. That's what I said. I didn't say Islam or Judaism or Christianity was a dirty religion. I said they use the holy name of God 
revealed their dirty religion. Listen to me good. Many of you practice dirty religion. We're going to talk today. No, no, I want no applause. I really want you to think. Islam today has been dirtied by the practice of Muslims. Did you hear me? Christianity has been made dirty by the practice of so-called Christians. Judaism. The same thing. Religion itself is a dirty business today. Whether you dress up in holy robes, stay on the prayer mat all day long, the religion is not what the prophet came bringing. You, are you hearing me? Yes, sir. Islam today is not what Prophet Muhammad would put his approval on. <laughs> tell me I'm lying. No, oh, you won't tell me that. The Christianity that you practice, Jesus don't even recognize if he came and saw what you were doing in his name, Christians, preachers, he whoop you. Because you practice. Muslims? <laughs> to me? Yes, you can't make your religion right by dragging Moses' name, Jesus' name, and Muhammad's name, and Abraham's name, and invoking their names, and therefore you come in behind the righteous man with a bunch of dirty practice calling yourself a Muslim, or a Christian, or a Jew. on earth today. No, not one. I want you to hear me well, Muslims. Mecca is not clean. You didn't hear me? Or do you want me to say it again? Rome and Jerusalem are not clean. And we who claim to love God practice all kinds of filth in his name. Am I 
I don't even need to ask you, am I? Because that makes you think that maybe I don't think I am. But I'm so right till right looks suspect. All right, family. So, assalamu alaikum to everybody who has tuned in since then. That is the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, as you can tell, decades ago, explaining, bringing the context of what he means. But all they continue to do is bring strawman arguments and these weak arguments to try to defame, as Brother Dimitri said, ritual defamation on the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and anyone who aligns themselves with him. So now we have our brother Arf Muhammad on. For those who don't know who you are, sir, please introduce yourself. And uh, what I want to do, as I always do, get a little bit uh, in your background, uh, talk about how you came into the Nation of Islam, and then we're going to get into unmasking Satan today. Well, thank you. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his messenger. I I'm so very uh, grateful and thankful uh, to you, my dear brother Ben, for allowing us this opportunity uh, to be on your show. Of course, first and foremost, I thank the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, who has taught us all and has taught me that which, inshallah, we will speak today. Um, by way of background, I was born in Baltimore, Maryland in the mid-50s telling my age, um, I met the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan in uh, around March uh, uh, or April of 1979. I actually, uh, by education, have a degree in African-American studies from uh, the University of Maryland, Baltimore County before I went to college. I mean, went to law school. But as I was studying going to college, I began to take African-American studies courses, and the first course I took dealt with reading Malcolm X's autobiography. So I became very, very enthralled with Malcolm's autobiography and uh, wanted to find out, wanted to find out who, um, who I could contact that might still be of that same vein as Malcolm. Around 1978, I had early 78, I heard that the minister, who was Malcolm's protege, had stood up to rebuild the nation. Um, just again to dovetail back, in 1975, I was supposed to go to Savior's Day. When I went to college, there was a good friend of mine who was a Muslim brother. He used to come on. He was, he was attending college there, and he would always have his uh, Muhammad Speaks newspapers, and we became very friendly. Uh, and somehow I missed that convention. So forwarding back to 78, I went to Atlanta because I heard the minister was going to be at Atlanta Clark University, but that didn't happen. So the very next year I'm in college, my mentor and professor by the name of Acklin Lynch told me that the minister was going to be at one of the colleges in the black community, Coppin State College. And it was at that college uh, he wanted me to go meet him to deliver a package. So of course I was overjoyed. So this uh, day in 79, I met the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan for the first time. We walked together and talked together on that campus. And even then, with my dashiki and my afro, the size of the Jackson's afros in those days, 
we walked and we talked and he spoke in a thousand seat auditorium. I'll never forget it. And there were only 50 people in there, maybe at the time. And what impressed me was that he spoke as if the place was filled to the hill. Mm. And his subject that day was, it only takes one man to turn a whole nation and world around. I will never forget it. And he spoke about the great prophets of God, of Abraham and Moses and Jesus. And he talked about Confucius and Zoroaster. And he talked about uh, Confucius. He talked about the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. He talked about those great men who convicted if they believed, if they stood firm, they would be the winner. At that point, uh, the, uh, the speech was over. I went up to him. Uh, he took out a little leather notebook wrote his name and number down, and we began from that day until now, uh, inshallah, uh, as a helper and follower of his. Uh, as you had mentioned earlier, I did attend law school at Howard University um, and uh, actually left Howard uh, probably before the end of my first year because I was in the ministry class in Baltimore. I was actually the first Muslim to believe in the teachings under the minister's leadership in Baltimore, Maryland, mm. uh, and and started the first study group there, which grew, of course, over the years to become the great mosque number six, uh, now under the leadership of our student minister, Brother Carlos Muhammad. And so I went through law school. Uh, when I went to law school, uh, because I had left, I was hoping that they would make an accommodation for me coming back, but they told me I had to start all over again as a first year law student, which would have put me back two years. So I asked them if I could take both years of law school at one time, the first year and the second year at once. Of course, they told me that I was crazy to even attempt such a thing, but I had to pay the money for both years. God blessed me to get the money together. I took both years, catapulted from the first to the third year of law school. I don't think I know of anyone else yet that has done two years of law school at one time. And I also became the student bar president of Howard. Uh, of course, I have been with our beloved minister since that time and have been blessed to have many experiences. Some might remember that we ran for Congress in 1990 uh, uh, because of the fear of Negroes who kept attacking the minister and they saw the power of the minister that we could feel candidates somehow the doors open to receive us. And so there have been many, many uh, challenges. I served uh, uh, as regional minister uh, of the Mid-Atlantic region from 1993 to 1997, was blessed to be there during the Million Man March as the first national director before Brother Ben uh, Chavis Muhammad came on and was the regional director of the Million Man March in 1995 in the mosque that uh, we headed at the time, mosque number four, and working to make that first great event possible. From that time, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan blessed me to serve as general counsel for the Nation of Islam, for which I still serve in that capacity as well, along with being a member of our great executive council and one who has helped the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan also on his research team. So we just trying to do our part, working to serve in the cause of Allah with our beloved minister. Peace, family. Thank you for checking out the Brother Ben X podcast. Many people are wondering, what can I do now since digital real estate closed on October the 1st? 
I still want to learn how to make money on social media. I still want to learn how to market. And I still want to learn how to build my brand. Well, there's one more way that you can do it. It's a couple ways, but I want to tell you all about the ABS Tribe. The ABS Tribe is weekly coaching every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for only $50 a month. If you are looking for accountability, if you're looking for a group of people that's willing to inspire you, help you out, support you, encourage you, you want to get inside of our ABS Tribe because every Tuesday and Thursday, me and Brother Jake or one of our more top million dollar friends or six-figure friends are on teaching you every single week. If you want to join the ABS Tribe, go to www.whatisabstribe.com. www.whatisabstribe.com. Yes, sir. Before I go into my next question to you, I would like to say the scripture says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. The scripture says that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You know, I see people online and maybe even in the comments um, who say things about the minister. And from my perspective, if you are over the age of 30 and 40 and you're still asking for an 87-year-old man to come do something in your community, um, it's honestly sad during this time. I think the minister has given us so much. I think he has given us a word that changes people. Uh, I am a living example. Everyone else is a a living example. The same people who we look up to from the past uh, was not changed because somebody put a gun to their head, was not changed because somebody beat them up and made them change. They was changed by a word. So it's inside of those human beings that you have to uh, accept your own and just simply be yourself. Somebody can come and lay down the law. But like we know, if I'm driving and the law is to to go to speed limit, when the law isn't present, I'm going to speed and I'm going to go fast as I can because in my mind, my belief is I want to go fast. So anybody can come try to lay the law and do things, but that person has to accept it themselves. And we as grown men can no longer say, what are these leaders doing? We can no longer say, what has this person done? Because if you're a grown man with two legs, two arms in the mouth, then how about you be the example? And like the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, you never have to condemn a dirty glass, just put a clean one next to it. See, if you just put a clean one next to it, you ain't got to worry about what the next man is doing. You can say, see, this how it should be done. So with that being said, Brother Arv, with you being someone who has been around the minister much more than other people would like to, what is, and I know this is probably going to be a hard question, what is the most powerful, most valuable thing that the minister has shared with you that uh, helped you out in your life? Well, uh, the, the beautiful thing, is that when we look at the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, as he said on July 4th, that he is the, is the trumpet of God, that God made him to represent the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And I want to give his words because they were so profound. He said, God made me his mouthpiece. Mm. And so today, the garden, inshallah, will deliver to you a message not from beneath but on high. And so when you're looking at a man, a divine man, and this is what he is. He is a divine man. And one of the great things that he has taught us is to submit to the will of Allah and try to live our life in accord with the wills and commandment and statutes of God to be a righteous person. And I want to say that for all of those Uh, out here who are listening, 
I have never in now nearly 64 years met a man as good through and through as that man, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. He is the same man in private that you see in public. The principles that he enunciates are the same principles that he gives to us. And he's always teaching us and teaching us to be humble, to be servants of God, to be uh, about the work of the resurrection of our people. And this is what makes the enemy fear him because as we awaken and rise, then their hold and their deceptions will fall away and they will be the losers as God is, has said that he intends to make us his new rulers of his kingdom. Is there anything that you can share about the trials that the minister has to go through that maybe the average person doesn't know? Maybe they just, I just found out about the minister on Twitter. I just found out about the minister on July 4th. Who is this man? And many people see who he is today. And I encourage y'all to go back and look at the interview, not the interview, but the lecture called Man and His Mission, where the minister talks about, man, I had holes at the bottom of my feet and I had to fill it with funny papers. He said, man, we were so poor, we didn't even know we was poor eating beans every day. So they see the minister now, but they don't know what the minister is going through, has went through. So if you can, is there anything that you can share that the average person done, uh, doesn't understand about what the minister has to overcome just to serve us and help us as a people? Well, he shared some of it, uh, brother, on July 4th, um, where he talked about the effort to try to kill him by the enemy and uh, poisoning him with excessive irradiated seed pellets yeah. that destroyed many internal organs. Here's a man that you're looking at that is living proof of God among us because he, he deals with what the average person couldn't even quantify how to deal with when the basic uh, processes that all of us have to just get up and walk and do the things that we do. He lives like this every day, but as he said to us, he's still here. Why? Because God is upholding him. So, of course, keep in mind, to look at an 87-year-old man to look that beautiful, at, he looks half that age. He is strong. He is wise and becoming wiser every day. But every day is a challenge living as a black man. The ministers told us about his struggles in the early days, his family's poverty in the early days. But in spite of that, it was his belief in the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, his faith in the teachings of Islam as taught by the honorable Elijah Muhammad and him giving his total devotion to it that will allow him to be where he is today. It's the story of Jesus. If you read, any of you who read the Bible, study the Bible and study Jesus. He was hated without a cause. Mm. His life was being plotted on. He was ultimately uh, crucified on a lie. And so this we have witnessed for at least now 36 full years with the attack on the minister by the imposter Jews who have lied every turn to say things that you just played that the minister explained about. Though they don't care what the truth is, they keep repeating the lie 
that the lie can be the truth to deceive the people. They are indeed the arch deceiver, and they are not our friends. They are, in fact, our enemies. And, and when we wrote our article, we pointed out the anti-black history of these imposters who have posed as friends of black people, but in fact have never been our friends. That takes me to my next point. Um, if the minister was not effective, why do they continue to come after him like Jesus in the scripture? Why, you know, the, the scripture talks about you will be hated for my name's sake. You know, they say you will be persecuted. You will be lied on. Well, that's what's happening today. If the minister wasn't, you know, effective, they wouldn't be mad at Nick Cannon standing with the minister. They wouldn't be mad at all of these athletes and people who sharing the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan's videos. See, our people aren't the real enemy. As Brother Nuri said, you faking at it. You you think you you think you gangster because you robbing certain people. You faking at it. So we looking at a real enemy who has power and they are afraid not of the minister killing anyone, but they are afraid of his words. So if the minister hasn't done anything, they wouldn't pay him any attention. If the minister hasn't done anything and he has not changed lives and if he's not effective, they wouldn't pay him any attention. So now that takes me to my next point where we're going to go into what brother Nick Cannon said, because I don't think it's only because of what Nick Cannon said about the Jewish people. I think it's also, because he mentions the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and he was present on July 4th. So we're going to go and transition into what Brother Nick Cannon said. And we're going to give our, uh, what Brother's going to give his perspective on it. He was able to even see the full interview with his recent interview with uh, Rabbi Abraham. And he's going to give his perspective on that as well. Let's check out what got him in so-called trouble. Oh, let's let's go to what it really is then when we talk about the power of melanated people when we talk about who we really are as gods and understanding right. that our melanin is so power and it connects us in a way that the reason why they fear black the reason why they fear is because they the lack that they have of it so then when you see what you know dr uh francis c wellsling talked about is that fear in that 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 just uh, genetic that annihilation efficiency mm -hmm. of when you have a person that has ha, has the lack of pigment the right. lack of melanin right. that they know that they will be annihilated so therefore however they got the power they 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 have the lack of compassion mm -hmm. that mel melanin comes with compassion melanin comes with soul that mm -hmm. we call it we call it soul we soul brothers and sisters that's the melanin that connects us right. so the people that don't have it have are are a little, and I'm, I'm gonna say this carefully, <laughs> are a little less, and 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 where the term actually comes from, because I'm bringing it all the way back around okay. to, to Minister Farrakhan, to where they may not have the compassion or the the when they were sent to the mountains of Caucasus, when they when they didn't have the power of the sun that was that the sun then started to deteriorate mm -hmm. them, so then they're acting out of fear they're acting out of low self-esteem they're acting out of a, a deficiency mm -hmm. so therefore the only way that they can act is evil the only way they can they, they have to rob steal rape kill and fight or flight okay. in, or, in order to survive exactly so then these people who didn't have what we had and when i say we i speak of the mm -hmm. melanated people right they had to be savages they had to be barbaric. They had because they're in these Nordic mountains. They're in these rough, 
uh, torrential environment. Mm. So they, they're acting as animals. Right. So they're the ones that are actually closer to animals. They're the ones that are actually the true savages. And then they built up such this, this, I don't want to say warrior, but they built up such this 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 conquering mm-hmm. uh, barbaric mentality that they're coming out of Europe. They then said, in order for us to survive, we have to take what's not ours. And then they went into the land that actually where we were are originated. Mm-hmm. And instead of trying to make friends. They said, we want what you got because there's this mentality of the whether it's the Caesars or or even that that we have to conquer. Right, right, right. So I say all that to say the context. And when when we speak of whether it's Jewish people, white people, Europeans, the Illuminati, Mm -hmm. they were doing that as survival tactics to stay on this planet. Right, because we never had to do that. Right, right, because they've learned when they circumnavigated the globe and they ran into these islands and these places and we were already there to greet them. Right. With open arms. With open arms, teaching them, but then But they they, were deficient. They were deficient, so they wanted to get what they thought we had, and we did have it. So the rape took place of the woman. Mm. The theft took place of the natural resources. And then that's when their their disease, that's where their mentality, because I'm trying to get to that place of how they were able to get control over the gods. How right, they right, able right. to get control okay, over so their Okay, so once they people. learned that, though, and now they raped and impregnated, left and came back, and they saw the child lighter, mm. they said, wow, that's when they this learned genetics. We, mm. Genetic annihilation. Mm. So now you have to set up a system okay. of white supremacy to control that. Right. So now we have 13 families here, Illuminati that's manipulating and controlling, subgroups. Now we got to set up organizations coming out of Europe. You understand what I'm saying? And right. for that same system, now you're talking about survival, what you just laid out. Now it's fight or flight. Now we have to set up these systems in order to survive. Right. But listen, not just survive to get some damn um, some hamburger buns and some cheese. <laughs> I'm talking about on a genetic level. On a genetic, because they will, and that's even from the white nationalists to the white supremacy mentalities to Donald Trump himself wanting to build walls. Right. They're trying to keep their what they consider purity. What exactly they, on a subconscious they're trying to level, because sometimes because they don't know how they why they acting out. It, it's just been proven was National Geographic just put it out by what twenty fifty uh-huh. every person will be a person of color in a minute. That, they they saying that's as soon okay. as twenty fifty. So that is the message that caused the uh, outrage against Nick Cannon, which led to the interview with him and Rabbi Abraham. Now. For those who weren't able to see the interview with him and Rabbi Abraham, uh, can you give some commentary on what went down on that uh, Canon class show? Sure, I will. And thank you. First, uh, however, I, I want to say to our listeners that we should never be harsh with someone who is coming into a knowledge and is trying to practice that knowledge. Uh, on a recent show, I spoke on this. Our brother Nick and brothers like Alan Iverson, Stephen Jackson, and others who have been attacked, Ice Cube, for standing with the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, where Brother Ice Cube was a little bit more deep in the knowledge than they. But they are like uh, children uh, who may have been once crawling on the carpet, now trying to pull themselves up to stand. 
And as you know, when a baby is starting to stand, his walk is not perfect. There's wobbles in his walking, and sometimes he may fall back to the floor. But you as a parent don't condemn the child. You don't trash the child. You don't hate your child for falling. You clean them off and help them and encourage them to get back up. This is the way we should be with our people. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan loves Brother Nick Cannon, loves all of our brothers who rightfully should have the right to associate with whom they choose in America. This is what America is supposed to be. And so these brothers who have rightfully given to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan the respect that he has earned over 65 years in uh, the labor of the resurrection of the dead should not be attacked by the imposter Jew. And what I said was that it's cowardly to go after those brothers when we have been calling you out since the 80s saying you are the imposter Jew. We are the true children of Israel. Why don't you come out and debate us? Why don't you bring your scholars and we'll bring our scholars and we'll debate you? They have not yet accepted the challenge, but they keep repeating the lie. So you, I don't like bullies. We shouldn't like bullies. So we should keep our eye on this because now the rage of the enemy that they see persons of prominence and influence culturally and otherwise coming to the knowledge of who God's man is among them. They're frightened that more will come to know this because when you know this, then you will flee and disassociate yourself from Satan. So now let me get to this point. So many people ask me, Brother Ben X, man, how do I know that you're going live? How do I know when you're producing a podcast? And I saw you also just made a hundred in $30,000 in two days. Well, there's a way that you guys can get informed from us via text message. All you have to do is text 50K to 210-504-4094, and we'll give you more information with free game, and we'll let you guys know how we made $130,000 in two days. Text the word 50K to 210-504-4094. We'll give you updates, notifications, and let you guys know how we made 130000 in two days. Peace. I watched the interview uh, with Brother Nick Cannon and Rabbi Abraham Cooper thoroughly. And I want to ask all your listeners, there's an article, we don't have time to get into it today, but there's this article that's by the Nation of Islam Research entitled The Simon Wiesenthal Center a house built on lies. Go to www.noirg.org uh, and find this article. It was written by one of our research team brothers, Brother Jackie Muhammad. This uh, Mr. Uh, Rabbi Abraham, Rabbi Cooper, as we know, uh, was the one who attacked Professor Griff mm. in the mm. early 80s when he stood up for a principle that the black man is God. And when he did so, they put upon him so hard that there was a separation that was brought between him and his brothers that he grew up with uh, in the Long Island area. And so here's the same man who did that then. And now here he comes once again. But let's be clear about how much of an arch deceiver he actually was. 
when Brother Nick Cannon met with Professor Griff, what really was the irreducible statement that really is claimed to be the most offensive? Brother Nick Cannon said, we are the true Hebrews. That set off a firestorm. It was Professor Griff who expounded on the fact that we were the true children of Israel, that we were God's chosen people. And he used the analogy of how it's like, and that they, referring to the imposter Jews, stole our identity. So we're trying to get our identity back. So he gave an example of when you lost someone, stole your bike. You go out looking for them to get your bike back. Mm -hmm. So his statement was, we're trying to get uh, our identity back that was stolen from us. Now, allegedly, Mr. Uh, not allegedly, but in fact, Rabbi Cooper put out a tweet saying, if you want to get a PhD in anti-Semitism, watch this interview. That was the tweet from Rabbi Abraham Cooper. That was the basis, supposedly, for the discussion. But if you listen to the discussion carefully as I did, he came on to attack the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And repeatedly through his interview, he was leveling the same ugly uh, lies about, uh, he used the term that the minister has insulted us. And then he quoted, what we think about Farrakhan is a person who has invested a lot of his energies in the hatred of the Jewish people who has insulted us, said Hitler is a great man and that I practice a gutter religion. Well, these are all the same lies that they have been spewing that have been rebutted so many, many times, but they don't care. They are invested in promoting the lie as true to keep us away from deeply looking into the truth that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is bringing. Fortunately, Brother Nick Cannon did a very great job, I thought, in diffusing that, and he would not let him, meaning Mr. Rabbi Cooper, drag him into a conflict with the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And I thought something that Brother Nick said, which is key, I want to read to show you the brilliance of this young man. And I want to say to us as black people, we have to resist our own penchant for self-hatred. The enemy filled us with hatred of self and love of the enemy. Let's not get emotional and pay more attention to either the manner of the expression or how it's being said and the way it's being done. Pay close attention to what the man is saying. So Brother Nick Cannon made this statement, which I thought was brilliant. He said, and the only reason why I make that example talking about um, the minister is because when I looked to a patriarch in the black community, that's what he called the minister, and we don't have a lot of leaders, I can count them on my hands and someone tells me that this person is, but I'm not in a position as a human being or as a spirit embodied in this human flesh. I don't have the power to judge or condemn or throw away any human being. I can only make my assessments of what I know. He then said, so when someone tells me uh, that I have known since I was a child, only to be a leader of my community that I can't listen, I can't even talk about him. 
I can't even stand next to him. I can't take a picture with him. Who am I to believe if somebody told me that I would be so confused? And then he said uh, about other leaders, how they labeled Dr. King a terrorist. Well, they did more than that. They called Dr. King an anti-Semite. They called Malcolm X an anti-Semite. They called the great uh, Nelson Mandela an anti-Semite. They called Du Bois at one point an anti-Semite. It doesn't matter. Anytime you say a word critical of Jewish behavior, then they pull out the weapon of anti-Semitism, which has now become a scarlet letter, and you are labeled with that. And as a result, you can suffer punishment as a result of it. And so the reality is when you listen to that interview, uh, it was not about Professor Griffin, his words, or even as much what Nick himself said. He kept going back to Minister Farrakhan, and when Brother Nick challenged him to say, in words, you talk about atonement, we're here for atonement, we're here uh, 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 to uh, repent, we're here to make amends. And then he asked him, well, why won't you really, you know, in words, meet with the minister? He didn't say the minister's name, but he said, why? Why he's, We've been asking to meet what's going on. So the, the enemy then basically says, we are not going to forgive. And that is the quality of Satan. He does not forgive. There's no genuine sincerity in Rabbi Abraham Cooper, the Simon Wiesenthal Center, or the other two-headed hydra. I call them the three-headed hydra. You see these movies like uh, uh, um, King of Thrones or uh, uh, what do they call it? Uh, The Throne thing that was series that was on HBO. And you see them with these dragons. But there's a three-headed hydra dragon, and it's, it's an animal that has three heads. One is the ADL, one is the Southern Poverty Law Center, and one is the Simon Wiesenthal Center, and they have forsworn to try to destroy the messenger of God in our midst because when the people realize the deception that they have put on the entire world, as Satan said in Revelations, I will deceive the entire world. And in the Quran, he challenges God to give him time to go about and deceive the people of the world until it's time for them to rise. Now is that time. So I want to make this final point on the, uh, the interview that they did. One of the things that the rabbi talked about was victimhood and that we should never uh, fall victim to acting as if we're victims. And I thought about this and I said to myself, wow, who has been more clever and more skillful and benefiting from victimhood than the imposter Jews? They always put in front of you what happened to them in Nazi Germany. Yet when black people talk about our suffering, they tell us, get over it. As if we're still not affected 460 years later by what we have suffered so thoroughly at the hands of not only the Caucasian, but the Caucasian imposter Jew. Mm. So we outlined this in our article about the anti-black behavior of the Jewish imposters during the time of the transatlantic slave trade, during slavery, during reconstruction, uh, Jim Crow segregation, we can run it all the way down to the present time. And so 
who is always making the world bow to their being victimized if it's not the imposter Jew? So what hypocrisy to tell us don't play the victim game when we have and continue to be the victims of the enemy and his brutal treatment of us. But we thank Allah for the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan and his teacher, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad and the God that came, Master Fahd Muhammad, that though we are not victims because we are now standing up, but there's a price to pay for the continual brutalization of our communities, which we see going on today. So it's not victimhood, it's the reality of black suffering that we are addressing, but they are always putting in front of us their victimhood from Nazi Germany. There it is. And if y'all have not read our brother's article, go to thefinalcall.com, finalcall.com, and go to Unmasking Mr. Dershowitz. Unmasking Mr. Dershowitz. Or you can actually just Google Unmasking Mr. Dershowitz. Now, do you want to get into this article first, or do you want to go into the one that he wrote? Well, I, I think I'd rather just kind of point by uh, bullet point it, you know, in summary. Okay. Because obviously the, the points of Mr. Dershowitz's article that we responded to was, number one, he first lied and said that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan threatened him. Uh, when the minister talked about the fact that if you try to force a vaccine on us, then that's a declaration of war on us. Mr. Dershowitz claimed that that was some kind of uh, tacit threat. When in fact, we point out in our article that it was Mr. Dershowitz himself who actually had issued a threat to the American people because he was on uh, a show and he was consistent with it, urging that the government had the authority to take anyone against their will forcibly and take them to a doctor's office and plunge a needle into their arm. Now, that's quite violent. So the minister responded to that. It had nothing to do with Mr. Dershowitz personally, but because of his advocacy of such a satanic act. So that was point number one. Secondly, Mr. Dershowitz tried to make it seem that he was uh, talking about a vaccine once it was approved. Well, he's changing it up a little bit now, saying that today. But that wasn't the posture, uh, dear brother, that he took at the time. So we responded to that. Then I pointed out how, as the minister said, you are Satan masquerading as a lawyer, being a deceiver, along with Jonathan Greenblatt of the ADL. And so what I point out is how Satan always reinterprets God's word. We saw it in the Garden of Eden. We see it written up in the Quran. And I pointed out the fact that they never talk about the fact that it was they who attacked the minister 36 years ago in 1984 when the minister was supporting the Reverend Jesse Jackson, who was running for the presidency of the United States. And they were threatening to kill Jackson, the Jewish Defense League. And he had very serious threats. One of his campaign officers was bombed. And the minister issued a warning to them about not harming Reverend Jackson. And as a result of that, hear this because this is so critical. It was Nathan Perlmutter of the ADL and Nat Hintoff of the Village Voice 
they labeled the minister a black Hitler. So black people should never forget that this label of black Hitler came from the Jews labeling the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan as such, which is some of the most heinous thing that you could do when you look at what they think about Hitler. But what that shows you is their hatred for the minister because his truth unmasked them and makes the people to know the truth of who they are and that they will move away from them. So that was a big point that we tried to point out in our article about this wickedness and this demonic behavior that they have been engaged in even down to this point as we speak. So the, the, the other lie was that the minister talked about picking up a stone and, you know, in Mecca, when we, when we're in Mecca to throw the stone, uh, but the minister made it very clear. He wasn't talking about throwing a physical stone because uh, that practice is the stone shaitan in, uh, uh, in, that, in that ritual in Mecca, but it really is to deal with self. It is to hurl truth at falsehood is what the minister was talking about. He said, you don't have to kill him, just hit him with the truth. So again, these are showing to you the lies, the nature of a liar. You see, as Jesus said in John, you are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a liar. In the beginning, and the word abode not in him, and the word didn't abode in them. And he said he was a liar. He was a murderer from the beginning because the truth abode not in him. And so when you see a lie, you see yourself because he's the father of it. Uh, paraphrasing that scripture uh, that I put there. In fact, ah, yes, you are of your father, the devil. And the lust of your father, you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. John 8, 44. Now, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan addresses this on July 4th as well, where he talked about how the Jewish people say that he hates them. He says, stop it. He's not a hater. He's attempting to bring an opportunity for those who would submit to be saved. And so he went into the making of uh, the devil and his making born out of lying, murder, and deceit, which he was produced from that, uh, in, from the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad to us. So this is why the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that they are completely disagreeable to get along with in peace. There's only one way with them, and that is to bow down and to be their servant, to be their slave, to serve them. But God has come for us that we rise now and that we be the men that God really made us to be by nature. And so this is a real battle, dear brother and sisters who may be listening, for the hearts and minds of our people. But it is of the highest spiritual battle because it's God versus the devil in real terms. And so this is why they can't afford to have what the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan teaching to get out. And this is why they're so enraged because of July 4th with over 3 million views and counting of his message because now people are becoming awakened to the truth, not only of who the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is, which I would like to address at some point, 
more directly who he is because we believe him to be the Messiah. We believe him to be absolutely the Jesus of today, and we believe him to be the son of God, as is written of in the scripture. And so I'm saying to us, we have to stand now and fight for what is true. We have to, as the minister said on July 4th, wherever you are, tell the truth if you know it. Stand up on it and shout it from the mountaintop. We who are intelligent people must do what the scripture says, help the earth to swallow the flood by, because they are putting out a flood of lies. But if we seed the earth with truth, then the truth will swallow up the flood, meaning the people, the earth will swallow up the flood. And they're upset because they're not able to have that effect as they used to have in terms of getting people to come out against the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Are you somebody who wants to do for self, start your own business online, and you just, you need an accountability partner? You want to be a part of a private group so when you get a little down, you can see other people and they can help you come back up. Are you looking for a weekly coaching where we bring in not only other special guests who are six-figure and seven-figure earners, but we teach you on a weekly basis every Tuesday and Thursday at 7 p.m. Inside of the ABS trial, we're giving you business game, life game, and we're holding each other accountable many courses and programs out there you just get the program and you all by yourself but what i found especially in our community we need like a community we need people who we can communicate with we need people who we can talk to in the inbox and that's what the abs tribe is all about so if you want to check out the abs tribe go to the abs tribe.com it's only 50 dollars a month one dollar and 60 per uh, 60 cents per day literally a dollar and 60 cents per day go to the abstribe.com if you guys want our, uh, our weekly coaching it's off the chain it's lit and most importantly it's blacktastic so now they have to come out from their hiding place and the war is on yes sir thank you I have a next question uh, my next question is this why do you think that they continue to specifically Come after the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. I want you to go deeper into you said he's the Messiah. Go into why they really coming after the minister because, I mean, you got black folks out here that's leaders on YouTube, leaders on Facebook, or leaders in the streets. And, you know, they're saying some similar things. You know, the white people, there's the devil. Now, they may start to adopt that from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. They may start to say, oh, he's a beast. They may start to say, oh, he's wicked. But why does the enemy specifically hate? And come after the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan when he's associated with these different rappers or when he's associated with a di uh, different celebrities or when he is doing a lecture himself. Why do they specifically attack him and make sure the people don't like him specifically? Well, very good question. And I, I'm going to I want to be slow with this one because this is really critical at the heart of what we're talking about today. Second uh, Thessalonians in the Bible says, and that day shall not come except there be a falling away first and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Now, this is important because at some point in the fullness of time, God has allowed Satan to work, but now it's time for his complete exposure and his identity is to be known that the people can separate themselves from him because we are now living in the time of judgment. As the minister told us on July 4th, 
that this pestilence is a pestilence from heaven. And it's a pestilence from heaven because God has now made himself known because of the iniquitousness of the people, meaning the evil and the delight of the people in doing evil against God. And so God has now struck us with this coronavirus and the minister made it clear, it's not going to go away. You can't defeat it because it's from God unless you bow down to him. And so what the minister said and what makes it so powerful on that day, I think one of that, that Thessalonian verse I mentioned actually happened. And I want to read to you the minister's words from July 4th. He said, speaking of Master Fahd Muhammad, he said, he set before the world on that day a man. And he, Master Farad Muhammad, sets before the world on this day a man whom he has made. So the two of them have made him. And then he talks about the Quran that he has found this in. He said, so these two men that you saw flying above your head today, as we celebrate the 90th birth anniversary of the nation of Islam, and you saw Master Farad Muhammad and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad as the founders of this nation, two hands that have made the man that's standing in front of you today, two minds fashioned his mind, two minds fashioned, fashioned his heart. So when it comes to the definition of discrimination, the definition of a standard by which God measures, a criterion, I'm so glad that he guided me so gently over time that when I finally came into the true knowledge of who I am and what is my purpose in this life, that I could accept it and not be bold over it. Now, here's the point. He is presenting you to me, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan speaking of Master Fahd Muhammad and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. He said, he is presenting me to you, to the world today, as the man that the two of them made. That is to set down the leaders of this world. Stop right there. See, God is presenting the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan as the man that the two of them made, and that man is to set down the leaders of the world. So if you're one of the leaders of this world who are wicked and who have benefited from your wickedness, of which the imposter Jews are, have been one of those, a small group, but they, in fact, exert inordinate influence, and now they're proving it every day by how they are attacking the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and anyone who would speak a good word for him. They're proving that they control media. They're proving that they control entertainment. They're proving that they are controlling banking. They hold purse strings. So he's saying the man that the two of them made, that is to set down the leaders of this world and to make Satan fully known. These are his words. We're at the core now of why they hate the minister because of the truth that will expose them and bring their power to a knot. He says to make Satan fully known that you what? May fall away from Satan. See, that you will now break your grip from Satan. So when I call your name or call your function, know that God has set before you a master of your function. He said, when I made him complete and breathed into him of my spirit, 
fall down and make obeisance to him. And he said, you may not believe that God would choose a man to grow right up among you that becomes the masters of the prophets. You might not want to believe that, but it is a fact because no prophet can even be considered a prophet until that which he prophesied is fulfilled. And it is the fulfiller of the predictions of the prophets that seals them as prophets of God. So my work is to seal that all the prophets did not lie. A man was to come. He would be like David. He played well on an instrument, but he was powerfully spiritual. Now, uh, I know that may have been a little long, but that is a, a perfect part of why he's hated. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad wrote in Message to the Black Man one line that many times we overlook, and it said, Jesus was 2,000 years too soon to end the civilization of the Jews. Well, that was 2,000 years ago, but the true one representing Jesus that is in our midst, the Messiah who is among us, the Son of God in our midst, he is empowered by Master Fahd Muhammad and the Christ that made him to do these things with the word of God in truth. And this is why they are now biting their fingertips in rage, as the Quran says, against him, but we say back to you, then die in your rage. Yes, sir. Praise be to Allah. Let me ask you this question as we close, uh, reaching on our hour. Can you go over the three books, or I, I think it's three, the, the relationship between blacks and Jews? I believe a lot of our people, this is the perfect time. I, I wouldn't say perfect. We should have been into it. But uh, what book should we be reading to understand what the minister is saying? What book should we be reading to understand what the rabbis has, has even said about their own doing so that, you know, we're not just hearing it from the minister words. As he says, I want you to research it yourself. So can you go over those three books and explain what each book breaks down? Certainly. Uh, the great books, secret relations, the secret relationships between blacks and Jews, volume one, volume two, volume three, and maybe, inshallah, a volume four uh, for the future. Volume one, and let's just know the background. It was because of the vicious attacks against the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan that one of our uh, believers uh, on the NOI research team began to do the research on this. Book one deals actually with the Jewish participation in the slave trade, the transatlantic slave trade showing how they were the merchants and financiers of the transatlantic slave trade. So they can't throw that rock and hide their hand. So the first book is a chronicling of that history. And again, keep in mind, these are books that are based upon research of Jewish scholars. So our quotes, I, I think it was 2000 quotes. They're not from us. They're not from black people. They're not even from Caucasians as such. They are from Jewish scholars. So this is their own writings that we discovered and put together in Secret Relationship Volume 1. Secret Relationships Volume 2 now deals with their uh, manipulation and uh, taking a real injustice against the black man in the South. Because many Jews own plantations, they own slaves. Uh, and so this documents their uh, activity in the South with Caucasians with the Ku Klux Klan, 
with the White Citizens Council. They were certainly on the side of the Confederacy, not wanting to see black people free. And we talk about, of course, the 1877 uh, compromise, which was a betrayal of black people, where a compromise was made that a certain president, Rutherford B. Hayes, he would become the president if they would take all the federal troops out of the South so that they could have now freedom to reimpose slavery on black people by a different name. And there was a Jewish uh, congressman that we write about in our article who made this argument on the floor. And so they, when emancipation so-called came and blacks were now involved in sharecropping and having their own lands, they were in debt to these Jewish merchants. Many of them lost their land because the Jewish merchants had the mills for the cotton. So this takes you through the whole history of what happened with blacks in terms of the economy of the South from the ending of Reconstruction in 1877 all the way to the case uh, now in 1954 called Brown versus Board of Education, which uh, is said to have legally ended legal segregation in America. Book three uh, deals with the case of Leo Frank. And why is that significant? Because Leo Frank is the person upon whom the ADL was founded. Mr. Frank was a Jewish manager of a pencil factory. He was accused of uh, murdering and sexually assaulting a young girl, Mary Fagan. They, he then tried to put the blame on two black men. And uh, when it went to trial, is one of the first times you actually had a black man that was allowed to take the witness stand and testify against Mr. Leo Frank, that it was in fact him and he was helping him to do uh, clean up the mess of this murder of this young girl. Of course, Mr. Frank was ultimately, and of course, if you read it, you'll see the ugliness of these imposter Jews about black people. I mean, really, it's so ugly, I won't even sit on this airwaves. And so the point is, he was convicted and he was sentenced to death. Then the pressure of Jews got him a commuted sentence, meaning that he would not be killed. And then as a result of that, of course, uh, the history was a group came to the jail, took him and hung him. And so it was because of this that the ADL in 1930 uh, came to birth on the basis of Mr. Leo Frank. But a very, very interesting uh, read, and it again shows the anti-black hatred. We must drive this home to our people. These are not our friends. There is always has been this anti-black hatred because they know that they are uh, presenting themselves as the chosen of God, and that is actually not only our identity, is who we are. And so uh, Mr. Uh, Abraham Cooper from the Simon Wiesenthal Center Many may not know that Simon Wiesenthal was a Nazi hunter uh, at some point, and he's one of their heroes. Hence, uh, this is uh, they created this center here uh, in California. Yes, sir. Uh, in closing, uh, where can we find more of your uh, research? What website should they go to uh, to continue to get education on what we all are exposing? Well, I'm I'm blessed to uh, be on the NOI rg.org webpage, the webpage of the NOI Research Group. My articles are there. Um, you can also uh, find me on 
uh, Brother Dimitri's uh, webpage, uh, 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 which is uh, researchminister.com. Of course, uh, if you want to reach me, I, I, my email uh, uh, is Muhammad, which is my name, GC for General Counsel at AOL.com. I am on Instagram uh, at Arif37. I'm also on, Inst- uh, I'm sorry, tw- Twitter at Arif37. Uh, That's, that uh, is my Twitter handle at Arif37. And my Instagram, Abdul Arif Muhammad. So, um, you know, I'm trying to get better at this. I'm not uh, as, as, as expert as, as you all may be in this field, but I'm, I'm learning. Yes, sir. Well, I thank you for joining the show, and I thank you for all of the information that you brought us today. Well, it's my honor and pleasure, and thank you so much for the great work, and may God bless you to continue to do your great work on behalf of our people. Yes, sir. Assalamualaikum. Waalaikum salam. All right, family, don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. I'm about to close with the words of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Don't go nowhere. Because I want to, and let me say this before I play these videos of the minister. He's talking about the two books. The, the, the Quran also says, respite me until the day that they are raised. This is one of the reasons I also believe that they're coming after the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Because many people may say things about the enemy now that they've been, you know, educated. But the amount of people that's being raised by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, they can't control it. And if you want to get those books, go to store.finalcall.com. Y'all can get them from store.finalcall.com. See, you can say what you want to say about the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, but he is raising our people at a blacktastic level. You see what I'm saying? And you can't kill him. You can't kill the truth. He says, I can't die. It's not that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is spooky enough to believe that his physical body isn't going to go. He understands that this is a consciousness. This is a truth that's being uh, transferred from me into many generations to come. See, that's why I said the the minister profile was deleted off Instagram. The minister's profile was deleted off of Facebook. But the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, to me, is still on Facebook. It's still on Instagram. See, it says, I've been among you all this time and you ain't seen the father. That's how I see the believers. That's how I see those who have heard the words of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and not afraid to stand and say the words that he says. You see, because if I'm saying it, you're still hearing Farrakhan. If Brother Wesley is saying it, you're still hearing Farrakhan. If his brother Ishmael is still saying you're still hearing Farrakhan. So that's why they're afraid because he said, respite me until the day that they are raised. I'm going to make all of them deviate. The minister is the one who's in between that saying, hold on, not mine. Oh, I'm going to get every nook and cranny. So now you see young brothers at the age of 14, 13, 12, 20s, 30s, waking up to the teachings of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. So it's not, they ain't necessarily joined yet, but they beginning to adapt the mindset of becoming a guy and they're no longer being fooled by the 10%. See, that's what many don't understand of what he meant by I'm anti-termite instead of anti-Semite. He says, oh, look in the lessons. This here is talking about a specific group, which is why he always said, I'm separating the good Jew from the satanic Jew. See, if you go into the lessons, if you go into our teachings, rabbis, 
You say you've been studying us so much. He's speaking about the 10 percent blood suckers of the poor who wants to keep the 85 percent dumb, deaf and blind looking to a mystery God. But the minister is waking us up to the reality of God and he's showing us, hold on, force and power is within you. And we no longer have to depend on other people, white people, Jewish people to do for us what we have the power to do for ourselves. You see what I'm saying? And so now we ain't depending on them for school. Man, we'll learn off YouTube. We'll learn off Google. We'll learn off our online site. And so now, honestly, what's been going on, I think Allah has given us an alley-oop. This is just my perspective. This is just Brother Ben. This is Brother Ben speaking. Because the Honorable Elijah Muhammad told us, told us about the vaccines. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad told us to separate and do something for ourselves. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad told us to take our children out of their schools because if they won't treat you right, they sure won't teach you right. So the pandemic now has forced us. To do for self. Uh-oh, now I'm, now I'm trying to find out how to do for self. Now the enemy is now being shaken up because the black man is adapted. See, a lot got us forced to now. I must. I'm, I guess I got to figure out how to homeschool my children. See, it's all coming full circle now. You understand what I'm saying? And everything that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us, everything that the menace has taught us has prepared us for this time. And if we prepare and if we listen to him, we would have already been all right for this. We was, we was waiting on it. It came, but because we listened to him. See, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, man, see, when you're listening to the word of God, it gives you foresight. I, didn't, I, I don't know what's in the vaccine. I, I, I couldn't tell you. But I know a man who told me something that he met with God, and he told me to avoid certain things that the average person said, man, how did you know that was coming? I didn't know it was coming. We just was submitting our will. To do the will of God, and in doing that, we was already protected. See, the blessing is in the warning. Yeah, the blessing is in the warning. So when you're homeschooling your children, oh, I didn't know the pandemic was coming. I didn't know that. I didn't know that they was finna start introducing the LGBT to the students at school. I didn't know that was coming. But because a man told us something, who met with God, who was raised from among us, when he gave us something, we ain't got to know the details. You know, faith is what the, the evidence of what is it? Faith is the substance of things hoped for evidence of things not yet seen. I didn't see it yet, but I had faith in what he said. So when the time came, I was already prepared. So I'm here to tell y'all, man, I know you thought Mary had sex with a with a ghost. I know you thought Mary had intercourse, an entanglement. Yeah. With a spirit. But I'm here to tell you now. See what that represented was was a people who didn't have an intimate relationship with God. And once we had that intimate relationship with God, it produced a Jesus from among our people that look just like you. Uh Oh, see, that's what we're afraid of. That's what we're afraid of. And the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan represents that Jesus. That's now waking up the dead. Uh Oh, that's now making the blind see. Uh-oh. That's now making the deaf hear. Uh-oh. That's now making the dumb see. I was once done. I didn't, I, I didn't know nothing about this. They say, Brother Ben, you're wise, brother. They say, Brother Ben, you such a young brother. They say, oh, brother, yeah. I say, all oh, praise is due to Allah for giving me the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan because how could, how could you love the fruit but then hate the tree? I don't understand that one. How could you, man, you say, ooh, this orange good than the mug. Boy, this, this orange or this apple's good, but then you hate the tree. You can't do that. 
You can't do that. So now the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is duplicating himself. He's multiplying. He's turning water into wine. Don't forget that one. You mean the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is going around doing magic, turning water into wine? No, sir, brother, sister. I'm not in Spookville. I'm talking about when you're eating a piece of steak physically, you can drink water and that water could help you digest the steak. It could on a certain level. But if I put a look wine on it the wine will help break down the steak so that it can go down a lot easier so what the honorable minister lewis farrakhan is doing he's turning water into wine spiritually and mentally making that which is uh written in a poetic language he's making that that is written in more so allegory and metaphors he's able to give us wine so that when it's coming down in our mind when it's breaking down in our mind it's easier to understand i said oh come on brother minister yeah that's the jesus and i miss yeah so if you now now let me say this i know what you think you saying brother ben i, I just don't understand what that, i don't i don't agree with that exegesis well, go to John 14, 12 and John 14, 12 says those who believe will be doing the works that I'm doing even greater things. So now stop right there. I got to ask this question. What was the works of Jesus? He was giving sight to the blind. Mm-hmm. He was making the deaf hear. Mm-hmm. He was making the dumb speak. Mm-hmm. And he was giving life to the dead. Now we're going to have to stop right there. It says those who believe will do the works that I'm doing. So we can't say only Jesus from 2000 years ago could do that. So my question would be, show me somebody going to the grave, raising up grandmama. Show me somebody going around, finding everybody who blind and giving them vision. Yeah. Show me somebody who going around and, and, and making all the people who deaf, they just got perfect hearing now. That's not happened on a physical level, but on a spiritual level, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has been doing that work and then some. So that's my little piece to it. And let me give y'all the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and then we're going to close right out. This man, Zbigniew Brzezinski, was speaking before the British Council on Foreign Relations. And he was telling this group of elite called the Illuminati. We have lost control of the masses of the people. Listen to what he said. He said, for the first time in human history, almost all of humanity is politically activated, politically conscious, and politically interactive. There are only a few pockets of humanity left in the remotest corners of the world that are not politically alert and engaged with the political turmoil and stirrings that are so widespread today around the earth. They're upset because Satan is losing control. Listen to what he said. In earlier times, it was easier to control a million people than physically to kill a million people. He said, today, it is infinitely easier to kill a million people than to control a million people. It is easier to kill than to control. So what are they saying? 
they are planning the death of billions of human beings on our planet through the food, through the water, through the air, through disease. You have never thought that you would see the time that famine would be in America. But my beloved brothers and sisters, it is written in the scriptures that one day, one day, you will look at your little fat babies with the thought of eating them. Stop for a moment. The trouble that's going on in Libya, in the Middle East, and now they're saying the price of oil is going up. By the way, Brother Baghdadi, you wrote a beautiful article that will be in the paper. Oh, I have a message for President Obama. Just hang on till I give him his assignment. <laughs> say, well, wait, wait a minute. What kind of arrogance is that? Look, I, I wasn't voted into my office. Damn, if you didn't vote me in, you sure don't have no power to take me out. <laughs> now I want to ask you a question. How many of you in this audience would not mind being rejected of men? Who among you would not mind being hated and then rejoice about it? Who among you wouldn't mind being evil spoken of? And who among you would be willing to be cast into prison? And who among you is willing to give your life to see the people saved and free? I raise my hand to all of this. And I'm not just raising my hand. I have proved this to you. The things that I say and the things that I do, some of you are even afraid to think about it. the book Secret Relationship Between Blacks and Jews I sent it to every black leader members of Congress white leaders I sent it to Obama I sent it to his chief of staff Rahm Emanuel I sent it to Ben Bernanke he sent it back I sent it to Timothy Geithner, Larry Summers. I sent it to Abe Foxman and all the presidents of the Jewish organizations. And I wrote a letter to Foxman.
and sent a copy of that letter to the president and to everybody that received the book. A couple of black college presidents wrote me very short letter, but it was nice. We received the book, thank you. <laughs> the rest of these people didn't even have the decency to say thank you for the book. It's not a little lightweight book. It's 400 and some pages. Scholarship that they can't refute. I just told the Negro leaders, stand down. See, I know you. You are always a lawyer for the defense of your enemy. But we put a case out there that you can't defend, lawyers. How many of you have heard of the Holocaust? Raise your hand. How many of you have in school learned about the Holocaust? Raise your hand. Thank you. How many of you have seen on television movies about what happened to the Jewish people under Hitler and the Third Reich? Raise your hand. What about you? Here's a book that should be in every classroom. Here's a book that should be in every college. Here's a book that should inspire dialogue. Because most white people don't know what happened to us. They just see a crazy acting people. But you know what happened to them. Why shouldn't you and they know what happened to us and what some of them did to put us in this condition? So we're going to force it. You know, you, you want Black History Month. Well, hell, what do you know about your history? If you don't know this, you are weak. And let me tell you something, black leaders. Let me drink some water first. Not yet. Listen, you know, we have to force the truth into our own schools. Black schools and white schools need to know what happened to black people. I missed something in the lecture. You know, this country was made of six European nations.
Did you know that? I know you think it's you. But it was the British, the Dutch, the Italians, the Germans, the Irish, and one more. Who? I think it was France. Now listen. These were six European nations. And when they crafted the seal of America, their first drawings of the seal, they had these six nations with all of the 13 colonies around it, a woman holding a scale and another woman holding something that looks like a spear. There it is. See it? And then you see it out of many, one, E pluribus unum. Did, 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 did you think that you was the many that was going to be made into one? See, this is a piece of fat back that never melted in the pot. My Hispanic brothers, you think it's talking about you? You gonna be one? My Asian family, you think it's talking about you? Come on. I don't think so. My Native American family, not you either. This was for white people. Man, I wish I could have read what the original framers of the, of the Declaration of Independence wrote about King George and what he was doing to the African and how terrible George was. Now remember, this is talking about Freemasons that are fighting the king. But we were such a delightful group of slaves till even though they were beating up George and they put it in the seal and then they never printed it because the seal seals their doom. On the back of that seal, put it up brother, put it up. Not that one, the back side of it. Not that one. Not that one. Thank you. That one. See there? You got Pharaoh sitting in a chariot with a sword in his hand. You got the parting of the waters and you've got a wheel-like thing above the head of Moses and a light coming down on Moses and Moses is parting the sea that's going to kill Pharaoh. Now they had this on the back of the original seal of America and then they said, no, we ain't putting that out because that's going to condemn us for sure. So don't you think that the founding fathers did not know that one day they were going to have to pay for what they've done and continue to do to us. Now. All right, family. So that was deep.
as always, but I'm going to end off with one more, and he's going to go into the blue book to think this is the first book. Check it out. After book one came out, I had a meeting with several Jewish rabbis, columnists, at the home of a rabbi and one who was the former dean of rabbis in Chicago was present and also present was the great uh, columnist um, for the Chicago, uh, I think it's the Tribune, um, Col- Cupsinet and others. And at that meeting, we had dinner. It was very lovely. You know, I mean, everybody was very nice, and I was nice too. And I'm never, I'm never not nice. I treat everybody the way I want to be treated. However, after dinner, or during dinner, pardon me, the rabbi pulled out of his pocket a piece of paper and said, well, of course, uh, this is a love fest, but it's going to be tough love. And he said, uh, This is what we expect of you if you want to be our friend. Many people, when they get to a certain level and they get an offer, that is difficult to refuse because it's accompanied by a threat, they usually cave in. So this offer of friendship had terms. And these are the terms. One, Farrakhan, we need to watch you and listen to you over a protracted period of time. In other words, I'm on trial. I mean, just think of the arrogance that a black man who speaks truth to power will be on trial for a protracted period of time before I can gain their friendship. The second term. Was. This book. The secret relationship between blacks and Jews is a great calumny against our people. 
We want you to stand up and denounce this book. Third, no man in history, no one in history has ever been written of well who was an enemy of the Jewish people. You're very brilliant. You're a very gifted speaker. But if you want to be written of in history well, you have to go down in history as the friend of the Jewish people. Now, Mr. Farrakhan, you can answer now or we can go upstairs and have some coffee and tea and you can answer then. I said, well, I said, let's go upstairs and have some coffee. It started the conversation with, you have your truth, and we have ours. I recorded that. So we had coffee. Are you prepared to answer now? I said, yes, I was prepared when you asked the question. I said, first, I would like to be your friend. I said, that's why I'm here. I said, but you wanted to watch me and listen to my words and follow my deeds for a protracted period of time. Well, I respectfully say to you, and your people have done more evil to mine than we have done to you. So maybe we need to watch you for a protracted period of time. Watch your words and your deeds before we even desire to be a friend. I want you to hear this. Second, you asked me to denounce this book. I said, I'll denounce it in the morning. Because if it's false, if it's all lies, I don't want falsehood and lies attached to my name. But we only quoted Jewish historians, scholars, and rabbis. So if you want me to denounce this book as a calumny against the Jewish people, since we quoted only your people, then you stand up tomorrow and denounce every scholar that we have quoted and say that they are anti-Semitic. I said now, I'm here because I want to be your friend. But if being your friend means that I have to deny the truth, 
then yours is a friendship I don't need and yours is a friendship I don't want. I said, now you can gather all your forces. I want you to listen to me. This was spoken over 10 years ago with witnesses that are present here. I said, you can gather all your forces and come against me. I said, but as long as I stand on truth and stand with God, That's right. I'll be the winner. And I said, you can use your influence with the government and come against me. But as long as I stand on truth, and stand with God, I'll be the winner over the government of the United States of America. When I walked out, I knew the stuff was on. They weren't going to back down from what they wanted from me, and I certainly was not going to capitulate. So I wrote in my letter to Mr. Foxman, that rabbis presented me with terms that no self-respecting man would submit to. Hey, that's it. I don't know what else there is to say. I want us to look at the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. This situation that he just explained was the same situation that our brother Nick was in and other people have been in. But look at the wisdom of the minister. I denounced it in the morning. But something that you have to do is, is denounce the Jewish rabbis that we quoted. It ain't from us. It's from you. So he put it and packaged this together so that it's not emotional. We're coming with mathematics and facts. Here's the book. Here you denounce it. See the wisdom of the minister? He's putting it back on them. He's not, you know, emotional. Hey, this is what they said. We put it in the boat, uh, in the book. They quoted it. Here it is. This is why I'm saying this. This is what we're going to stand on. Now what? See? So the minister can stand on truth and then check this part out. We know he knows they got influence. He knows they has influence over the media. But look at what he said. What media made. Media can destroy, but I am made by God and we are too. And listen, he said one time, you keep your hands in the law's hands. Hey, they will protect you too. This is what we have to know and believe. See, what gives us the courage myself is seeing the minister, how he's able to stand on truth and they can't defeat him. He is a prime example that it could be done. Here's a prime example that I ain't got to be weak and, and hide the truth. See, it's easy for us to talk about our brothers in the media. Hey, listen, family, if you want to learn how to build your own banking system, yes, I said it, build your own banking system. We have a wonderful course, over 30 lessons, 25 hours of content that also comes with a 268-page textbook, yes, textbook, that's going to teach you how to build your own private banking system with your family. And let me tell you something. You don't have to be rich in order to do it. Inside of this, go to privatebankingblueprint.com, privatebankingblueprint.com, and we're going to show you exactly how you can build your own private banking system for your family. Guess what? Say buy the credit. Say buy the debt. I'm going to show you how to do it. 
with our private banking blueprint. See you there, privatebankingblueprint.com. Who got Jewish connections and ties and strings attached. But we got to check ourselves too. Have I been found not pushing the teachings because I'm afraid? Have I been found scared to, if I'm not in the nation, uh, I've been scared to mention that he is the truth because I'm afraid. Have I been found giving little disclaimers? You know, I don't agree with everything with the minister, but you know what I'm saying? I do agree with that little bit. Why we got to do that? Do we do that with Jewish people? Do we do that with white people? When we quote them, we, do we have to say, well, I'm not white, but I ain't. No, we don't do that. We just say what it is. So we check ourselves, too. I got this from the minister as well. He said, don't come out to our brother. Uh, who was it at the time? Keith Ellison. Because you don't know what you would do in a time of pressure. So let us find ourselves. And like he said, when you see men fall, don't laugh. Learn. Learn and prepare. What could we learn from that situation? Well, have, have I all the way separated? Why can the minister stand up as a new black man? Because he's totally separated. He's not depending on them for his lively being. He's depending on God. And if we submit our will and depend on God, he's promised us, you know, look at what he said. Accept your own. Be yourself. Then he didn't, he didn't say be poor. See, that's what I love about our God. He didn't say woke, woke mean being broke. He says, listen, luxury, money, good homes, friendship of all walks of life. This the promise. This is what's promised to us. But we have to believe it and not just believe it, but step out on it. It may be hard. Didn't the minister say he went through hard trials? It may take some time. Didn't he say he did that for nine years, going and getting suits that was too big from the thrift store? Nine years, he said. Nine years I went through this. Go back and look at man and his mission. What are we willing to give? How strong is our foundation? The minister is on his way out. Doesn't mean he's going to be dead. But as he said, this may be your last time hearing from me in a while. Have you ate enough of what he's given us to get us over this time period that's finna come? We got to make sure that I'm talking about I'm, 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 the teachings is in me. It's not just something I'm quoting. It's not just something that look good when the minister is during Savior's Day and everybody hyping him up. Now I want to say I'm a Muslim. I'm a Muslim when he being demonized. I'm a Muslim when he being uh, uh, persecuted. I'm a Muslim when he being hated on. Yeah, I'm with him. And we got to be willing to stand on that. That's how the nation is going to be able to, you understand me, stay together. Those who are, who, who sympathize, that's how we're going to keep this thing going. We can't just be excited when the minister speaks. We got to be infatuated with the truth because the minister finite body is going to go. That is a reality. I know we don't want to hear that, but that is a reality that is finite body got to go. But the infinite or infinite wisdom that's inside the minister, the courage that's inside the minister, see the braveness of the minister that's inside. That's what we got to uh, 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 be attracted to. That's what we got to want. And that's why my favorite book, personally is closing the gap because it's the heart mind soul of the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan he goes into the why he says if you want to get to know ah you can do the who what when where how but he said if you want to understand the motive of a thing the root of a thing ask the question why and when brother Jabril is asking the minister certain questions the minister is able to go deeper and give us a deeper understanding and that's what we need to survive during this time divine guidance and understanding. 
So I thank everybody for tuning in to this show. I thank Brother R for coming on. I thank everybody who's been commenting. I thank everybody who shared and continue to listen to the Brother Ben X podcast. And if anybody want to support, y'all can support me via cash app, dollar sign, Brother Ben X. That's a dollar sign, Brother Ben X. I'm on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the major platforms. And I look forward to just continue to bring you guys truth, man, because that's what we do. Herald truth and falsehood. Until we knock out his brain. So, assalamu alaikum. I thank all of you for tuning in. Y'all have a blacktastic day. Peace. Look for the lesson. That's where we'll find the blessing. Look for the lesson. And that's where you'll find the blessing. See, some of y'all done went through something in your past. And you call it an L. Man, I done took an L. Yeah, you took an L. But do you, are, are you interpreting that L as a loss? Or are you interpreting that L as a lesson? Your attitude determines your altitude. What attitude do I have? Am I looking at this from God's eyes or am I looking from it from my little selfish, little small eyes? When something is going on in the world, how do I look at it? Do I look at it as, oh, the world is over with? Or do I look at it and say, what is, what's going on here? What is the purpose of this? Why was this permitted? Because, see, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan talked about with the will of God, when he will, when he wants to will a thing into existence, he considers the thoughts and plans of the enemy and uses their plan and uses their will to bring his will more into fruition. So he even considers their thoughts. He considers what they're going to do. So it may appear that they had, they, it appeared they won here or they did something here, but that was all a part of the plan the whole time to bring about a greater good. So if we can expand our mindset and see the good out of things, the law of polarity. If we can look and see the good out of what's going on, now we can look at ourselves and say, ooh, if we just do this right here, we can use this as our advantage. Look for the lesson. That's where we'll find the blessing.